podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Support for Gatepoint comes from Football Prizes at football underscore prizes. They're giving away a signed and framed Kyogo shirt. The link to the competition ends on Monday the 13th of December. Simply click the link on our pinned tweet at Gigpod and you can register there for a chance to win. Hi everyone and thanks a lot for downloading the latest episode of the Glasgow's Green Podcast, aka Gigpod. It's episode 82 and I'm Stevie and we're just going to be discussing the latest win over Motherwell. Now it's another very crucial three points for Celtic and it wasn't a pretty game. Like me and Rizzo said in December, we just had to get the job done by any means. It didn't matter how spectacular the performances were or how underwhelming the performances were. A win is a win and John... It's an old cliche, but it's three vital points, isn't it? It is. Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, it wasn't the best, best of games. It wasn't as bad as I think you thought it was. But no, the now with no strikers, every game's going to be tough. And we did enough to eke it out. I guess we don't want to cover old ground, John, because me and you, we went to the game on Thursday. A very entertaining game, by all accounts. I actually wasn't in the game on Thursday, but I was there today. But you weren't at the game on Thursday? I thought you were. No, I wasn't at the game on Thursday. I watched it on daily. And I'm not going to the Hibs game, uh, or any of the Hibs games, or the Rangers game, but then maybe nobody will be right, lads. <laughs> no, the Hibs game, both the Hibs games are sold out, so I'm not even get a ticket for the one after Christmas. So that was my last game of 2012, unless, 2021 even, unless one of Gigpod's loyal listeners, who are a big fan of my great uh, comments, can get us a ticket for the final on Sunday, or the Rangers or Hibs games at Parkhead. Hint, hint. Do you think that's possible, John? Uh Probably not. You might not be able to get a game, John, but you will be able to get a Japanese restaurant for some free food. Well, we hope so. <laughs> Next Saturday. That's what that's what the plan is, but the storm is coming. Oh, sorry. The tsunami is coming, according to our wonderful uh, political leaders. Oh, of course, I galloping through Scotland, apparently. Yes, who we will never criticise, of course. But no, that's the plan, listeners. After my sensational uh, prediction competition win by one goal, Thanks to Joe Hart making an error against Dundee. Stevie gets to buy me dinner next Saturday. And when we do another podcast after the, set, the final next week, we'll probably talk about the, the meal more. That might be more interesting. Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, Neil Lennon will be back for Hibs for that final. That would be some. He'll be a pundit. As, I was thinking that's what I was saying yesterday. He'll be a pundit for the game, I bet. Because he's Celtic Hibs. He'll definitely be a pundit. That'll be, that'll be a great laugh. Now, before we talk about uh, today, are you going to the final or do you not know yet? Uh, I think I'm 50-50 on it, but there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people I know that go to games home and away though, John, that never get a ticket for the final, I, I don't know who does the ballots, I'm going to just say it's the wonderful Scottish government that do the ballots as well, because it <laughs> clearly doesn't make any sense. No, and Hibbs did get more tickets, even though they've, their home support this season has been poor, so thank you to a wonderful Scottish football for it, there, but uh, no, so hopefully at least if I don't get a ticket and... I don't think Spunkphone's going, is he? He'll be still talking about Formula 1. Before we start, um, his beautiful baby boy, Max Verstappen, for the Red Bull Legends, beat Lewis Hamilton today. He might know of... There's a protest, you know. The, uh, 
ha- the what's his team again? Hamlet's Mercedes. They're doing a, a protest now, so maybe Verstappen didn't they win it. They're probably the most exciting thing in Hamlet Formula One ever. A, a decision getting made in a boardroom, just like when we won nine in a row, right? Protesting, <laughs> protesting. What is Bernard Higgins joining F one? <laughs> Bloody hell, John! This is satire indeed, isn't it? But it's fantastic. Me and you were really worked up on Thursday. We only get out it today because of a wonderful bit of brilliance by Tom Rogic. But on Thursday, when Kyogre came on, I was fuming at it. Terrible decision. A lot of fans as well said it was the wrong call from Ange. I felt Michael Johnson should have been the player to go in through the middle. Some shout-outs. I have to say, I thought Liam Shaw was a real standout on Thursday. I thought he was excellent. And I wish we actually saw him today. And John, maybe we would have saw him today if we had a fit striker and we scored a couple and put the game to bed against Motherwell. And we could have given guys like him a run out to carry on the momentum from his excellent performance on Thursday. But honestly, I don't know what the manager was thinking and we go into today's game so underprepared, really, because Celtic have never really played without a striker. We've never done you know Craig Levine tactics. We had to today with David Tumble up front and I'm not even going to criticise him, John, for his performance because it's a hard thing to do. You know, many stone ago, I was once asked... I was playing like left-back and I used to play centre-mid, but I was asked to play up front for a game. And it is a thankless task. You can be not seeing the ball for a good 20, 25 minutes. I think in my case, it must have been 90 minutes. But honestly, it's a, it's a real tough shift. And fair play to David Turnbull for not only lasting the 90 up front, but just for even putting himself about and being a slight nuisance because I felt it was a thankless task for him. Um, and he should never have been in that position. And unfortunately, the manager, who we do love, John, and respect and don't like to criticise, he is to blame for that. No, he made a mistake there. I think he's recognised that. And I know he said, Andrew, he said, I know he said Kyogo was day to day. I mean, about how his win's going to be back. I've seen an author that maybe two to three weeks, which means he'd miss the final. He'd be back for the derby at least. But no, I feel that for the for Ross County in the final, we're going to be in the same sort of situation where we're going to have to play either Tumbo or Rogic up front with them maybe. I don't know, interchanging at times. I we should. I'm, I, look, you, I'm not going to criticise any of the forward players. They, they did their best. We actually created a lot more chances than I thought. I mean, Rogic should have scored that one right at the start of the second half when Tumble put him in. He should have dinked over Liam Kelly and, and that would have like, killed the game and won it for us. But, no, I, I mean, they'd done as well as expected and it was a very good goal. And, of course, we're going to have to talk about the fact that we suffered yet another injury today. When uh, James Forrest, after missing a great chance, uh, took off after about 15 minutes, he's done his hamstring again. And I would expect Forrest to boot for the final and he'll boot for this run of games we've got still left over the next couple of weeks. And that's another blow. Actually, what I was surprised about was that I saw that some of the B team players get pulled out of the latest squad. Aidan Moffat did. And I know he's a striker and I know he's inexperienced, but I was surprised that he wasn't on the bench. Like just for is that forward presence season because he is a forward and nobody else is say like you know it's fit as a forward so just for like that bit of presence as a natural striker because we can't go on we having no striker hopefully Gigi's back soon but no the guys up front done as well as it could today regarding Kyogo um, Ange was asked on him in terms of when he's going to be back and if his injury is as bad as what everyone was thinking after Thursday night. And his quotes, Johnny did say mate again. He could say yes, he could say no. If you ask Kyogo, 
he probably would have played today if you asked the medical team they say he's out for two or three weeks so he's taking a stab in the dark and saying it'll be in the middle somewhere John, hopefully he is back for the final I know that we've got an important game before that in Ross County that we'll probably cover in midweek but certainly talking about the Motherwell game today it was so evident that Celtic under Ange need to be played they need to have an outlet hours is Kyogo and just without him today we looked you know really lost and took us a while to find a rhythm I actually felt John in the first half Motherwell were the better side in fact up until the goal I felt Motherwell were the better side they were more composed than us they had the rhythm they had a shape we just gave the ball away a lot and even the players that I do like you know your Juranovic John who I go mad over at right back as well thought he had a very very poor first half he did compose himself when he came on to a game in the second half though but I think um, even guys like Beaton, who's usually so calm and composed in the ball, I think he was giving the ball away quite a bit as well. And we just really looked very nervy. I don't know, John, if you felt maybe the atmosphere at Celtic Park today had a bit to play in that. I don't know if I buy into that too much. I understand that if it's a tense and the atmosphere at Celtic Park, it's not a good place to be when it's like toxic. But I thought, you know, for the most part today, it wasn't too much of a distraction with the protest what's happening with the Green Brigade. I was just there focusing on the football, just like the majority of other people, John. I don't think it was the big drama that everyone's on about. But um, Juranovic was saying after the game that he, certainly the players were feeding off it and they were talking about it and they were a bit confused as to what's going on. But do you buy into that? The the atmosphere and the current debacle with the Green Brigade is manifesting onto the park? Maybe. I think the big, well, it didn't really the other night because, look, I think that's because the last 20 minutes were so topsy turvy and all over the place. I think people get caught, in it, caught up in it. I think really the biggest problem is that, number one, we're not scoring enough goals at home, and number two, we've not got any fist strikers. And that until we've got a fist striker in the pitch, there's always going to be that concern that we don't give away that goal. Or even if we do score, we consistently miss so many chances. If you look at the last two league games at home, like Hearts uh, the other week, we missed that sitter right at the very start from Forrest. Then when we're 1-0 up, Forrest misses another sitter. Today, when we're 1-0 up, like Tumble plays in Rogic at the very start of the second half. Uh, all Rogic just has to do is dink it over Liam Kelly, but he doesn't do that. With another couple of chances we didn't take. And I think really more than the Green Brigade thing is that Number one, we've not got any strikers fit. Number two, we continuously miss chances, especially at home. I think we've only scored something like five goals in our last five uh, home league games. And when you think of how we were absolutely hammering teams at the start of the season, I know that was never going to last. But no, the, the real problem was no taking our chances. That really, I know you said we all played decent in the first half, and they did. But we scored at the right time, and then we dominated most of the second half. But that game should have been put to bed. Well, I know we're gone, and I think... The atmosphere might not have been great, but I don't think there would have been that tension that we're going to throw away these points that we need to keep on this one because we need to keep on this one running. I really think it's a lack of a lack of strikers and the missing chances is the biggest problem. No, the the lack of Green Brigade or anything like that. Yeah, and the nervous atmosphere, of course, it was contributed to by the manager because if you've got Kyogo there, the fans are a wee bit more relaxed and they know there's there's an outball there and there's somebody who's more than likely going to be the, on the end of the chances that are created. Like, if you've got Kyogo on the end of the one Forest, Mr. Rogic at the second half, he's probably scoring one of them, John. You know what I mean? I know that Kyogo does... He's a bit wayward at times, but he generally will put one away when he's... When the chance is there for him. Even if we had somebody like Jota today, that would have made a difference. Because he's another big fan's favourite, a guy that's been a, probably our best player alongside Kyogo. 
And when you take day two players at the team, it's every game there is going to be a a tight a, like struggle. Like I don't think there's going to be many goals in it. That game down night may be an anomaly because it was just so weird the last twenty minutes. But every game is going to be tough when you've got so many forward players injured, and that's why I'm thinking that maybe especially on Wednesday, no disrespect to Ross County, that they might put Aidan Moffat or one of the other younger players on the bench just to get a striker on the bench and give him a run and see what happens. You've mentioned Jota there too, and I know, John, it's understandable that they would do miss him, but just I think our wide players now are becoming very predictable as well. And that's the one thing Jota isn't. You know, Jota can use his left foot, his right foot, he can go on the outside, he can go on the inside. He's quick, he knows when to release the ball and his passing is excellent, you know. His decision making is good as well and he's a real goal threat, John. Whereas you look at our wingers now in Forrest, Johnston, Abada, the three of them, John, they're generally always going on the outside, aren't they? And well, Johnston does cut inside and all that, but he's just very predictable. Abada is just the same. And I'm not trying to bash these guys, John, because I know that they're doing their best. And they probably, guys like Abada as well, probably does need a wee bit of a rest. And we've always said that he's probably more of an impact player, John, and we're over relying on him as well. And he doesn't hide, and I'll give him that. But we really just need Jota back, I think. Um, we need Kyogo back. And, you know, if we're rotating guys like Forrest, Johnston, and Abada on that right, then that'd be fantastic. That's an ideal position to be in, but we're not there now. Um, but we were in an ideal position, John, at the stroke of half time, and what a fantastic finish. I'll say one thing, John, at the game, like a goal in the stroke of half time against Motherwell in the past, you know, for the last like 15, 20 years, I saw Hamish Carton um, tweeting this actually. Who's that? <laughs> Just an end joke there, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. John, honestly, when Rogic scored that goal, which I'll let you gush about, like so many people around about me in my area were going mental. Like it was a real big goal. You felt that there was so much relief around about us. And I wouldn't say I celebrated it like Williams Rangers, but I was like right up off my seat and going slightly more eccentric than what I would usually be um, <laughs> at the game. So, take it away, John, your pal, Tom Rogic, with another brilliant goal. Well, wait a second, how much did you say about it compared to Tom Rogic's score oh, last? shut up, I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> no, it was a brilliant goal. It was a, a great idea. You, the thing is, an awful lot of our set pieces, I, think they've, they've, I wish we'd stop playing them short. I mean, I don't think it works most of the time. And I know we're always desperate to take these short corners, and it doesn't always work, but this was a free kick, and it did work. Turnbull played it to raise the box to Rogic and he curled it into the back of the net. It was a superb goal. Just typical Rogic. A really excellent finish. He was a guy you'd want to be there, although I'd have to say his shooting wasn't his best. I mind one in the second half, as well as that one when he put through by Turnbull. When the ball came to him in the edge of the box and he leaned back and blazed it over the bar. That was a that was a bad miss as well. But he's always got that bit of magic. And that was the perfect time to score, I think. That's what I was thinking as well. It was relief more than anything, because if that had got to nothing each at half time, you know there would have been a bit of panic, especially with Rangers winning the day. I know people might have thought they'd drop points today. I, I didn't think so. I think that Celtic Rangers will probably win every game in the league that they play up until the derby. Uh, there might be some difficult games, but I think I think that's what will happen. And I think the difference will be four points because in the derby. And... Uh, no, it was relief because you didn't want that game going to nothing each at half time. The now was here that you want us to be leading at half time because if you don't, I think there's a concern that the fans might get panicky and the players will panic, especially because we've no got Kyogo or Jota to provide a bit of magic or even somebody like Gigi or a Jetty to come off the bench. And 
when it, that's why it's so vital that we get like a goal. That's why I wish was I wish we start scored early goals. That was why it was good with that the other night when Will scored in the first few minutes. We should have when Forrest had that chance. I really think an early goal in a game can sell it down. Look, like, even last week at Tannadice, we scored I think in the first twenty minutes. Rogic again, and now setting uh, excellent goal in two gate two weeks by uh, old Tommy's. He's some man, and I would love for us to rest him on Wednesday, but. I think he's going to have to play because there's nobody else. Yeah, I just want to focus now, John, on the second half. And I felt that while it was a poor game of football, we were a bit more controlled. Um, we didn't really let Motherwell have a sniff until maybe the last 10 minutes. People said it was a, a nervy finale, but I never really felt as if Joe Hart was was troubled, to be honest. Yanovich came right on to a game. Um, I thought Greg Taylor did okay today as well. But the standout for me, John, and the man in the match, a lot of people seem to... I'm going to say completely disagree because I think they were saying Rogic was their all-round uh, man in the match around me certainly at the game but I thought Cameron Carter-Vickers was an absolute rock for us today won every duel that I noticed in the first half second half as well and John honestly I know everyone's desperate for us to sign uh, Jota completely understand that but if we've got the funds there for Cameron Carter-Vickers man when you look at not only how he's doing well with us and he seems to be really you know settled with us but the partnership that he's built up with Starfelt, and that's another clean sheet. And the, the way the two of them are obviously getting confidence from Joe Hart behind them. Like if you broke that up, I feel we'd lose a lot of momentum, and it would be a case of back to square one again. You know that way we were at the start of the season, where we were just losing stupid, stupid goals domestically. Anyway, we're not doing that anymore. I think a lot of that's down to CCV, and you know I know you'll probably echo this, John. But if we've got the funds there, we have to really go out and buy this guy. For me, he's the best defender uh, in the league at the moment. Ah, he's brilliant. I seen the other day it'll cost something like six million. He's signed him permanently, and that's big money. But it's worth it. In a way, he's even more important than Jota because when you think of how our defence, as you say, was so rope at the start of the season, now it's rock solid. I don't really worry that much about Celtic about Celtic giving away goals now. I just I worry sometimes about the passes at the back that we do, but I know that's just what Ange likes. But I don't worry as much about say like no scoring goals as we do about scoring goals, and that's a big part of that duty. Carl Vickers he's settled in excellently, and as long as he keeps fit, he's going to be a massive player for us for the rest of the season. And like you said, he was he won all his battles today. He was fantastic, and I really hope that if we are making signings in January that a permanent deal for Carter Vickers is one of them, or we can somehow maybe extend the loan for another year, because he is really very, very good, and he's unheralded in a way. As you see, everybody raves about Joe and Kyogo, the new signings, and rightfully so. But no, his partnership with Starfield and Joe Hart, the three of them have been excellent, and they're a big part of what's made Celtic, I'd say, competitive this season, especially when you consider how bad we started the league. I think we've won like a nine or last 11 games in the league are all competitions and a lot of that is down to Carter Vickers. He is uh, a very good player. When I look at how we had 26 shots, uh, seven in target, let's see the game, I think, I don't know if it felt like that, I mean, and again, I wasn't like nervous or tense for it, but it just felt as if we were really sloppy and unconvincing and all that at the start of the game and it didn't feel as if we created, other than the Forest chance in the first half, like a lot of clear-cut opportunities. In the first half, the only other really one we had was uh, that Turnbull shot that was deflected and uh, Kelly sort of manoeuvred, uh, it twisted and moved and saved it over the bar. That was like 
the only real chance in the first half. Second half, we created a lot more chances. What I tend to usually do is, I know when we do, we do these podcasts, John, and other thing is we put it all out in like close to half an hour as we can. Um, that's certainly what the audience seem to love and stomach from us anyway. <laughs> it's 30 minutes anyway, so I can understand that. But like after the games and everything, I tend to watch it back properly and you know, you're going to slag me here for being a saddle, but I usually like yes. pause pause the game a lot and I like to see where players take up positions, where the runs off the ball are, then we things that I didn't notice in the game, like last week at Tanadice, Rogic went out wide twice in the right and that's where we got our goals from. Like during the games, I'm that zoned in and watching it and I'm, I just I don't really take in that side of it until I watch watch it back again. So I'll probably do the same with this game. Um, I'll probably rewatch it or the extended highlights anyway, and just see what other wee things I missed and post it on my account and stuff. I'll maybe watch the goal later, and that's it. Because where I was sitting, uh, we're always sitting when I go to see the games one two one. There's a pole, unfortunately, in Leeds. So uh, that's why I'll watch it. Like for the the Hearts goal, I could hardly see Kugel's goal, so I had to watch it when I get. And I'll watch the Wogic goal later. But no, I don't really uh, bother like watching repeats. I mean. If we, win, if we win the cup, but I don't get a ticket. Although, hopefully a gig pod listener will get his one. <laughs> I'll maybe uh, watch the like, celebrations or something if we win. But no, I don't usually bother with that, that sort of thing. Unless it's against Rangers and I've, been, I've got steaming or something. Uh, I'll watch it that night or something. Just so I can glory in the victory once more. Right, John, before we talk about other wee personal moments in the game here, you wanted to say something about James Forrest and Anthony Ralston. Aye, uh, I'll just be quick because we don't want to make it a big long episode tonight. I feel a bit bad for Forrest. I don't know if he was fit. Obviously, Angelman, the, the staff, medical staff, I thought he was to bring him uh, back into the game, but I thought that was a bit of a risk and I, I would fear that's him out for a while because that's, I think, three times he's been injured this season and we're only in December. And it's a pity and all because when he's at his best, he's a big player for Celtic and I, I hope that he manages to recapture that, but we're getting so many injuries, especially in the hamstring area. That is a concern. But better news, Anthony Ralston's back, and I thought he was excellent. That challenge he done at the end, I think it was in what, where he ended up winning the ball and winning a free kick. That was excellent. That was very good. And I'd have him back in the first team, like, now. I'd play him on Wednesday and in Hamden. I don't know if they'll move Juranovic back over uh, the left and play uh, Ralston at right back, or maybe they'll play... Juranovic ahead of Ralston. That could even be an option, weirdly, or the other way about. But no, Ralston uh, was excellent when he came on. He's keeping up his, his form of a season and he should be back in the first team uh, as soon as possible. Would you have Ralston back at right back and Juranovic at left back or would you be keeping Greg Taylor there? I didn't think Juranovic was very good today. I know yesterday played better in the second half. I thought first half he was poor, to tell you the truth. I would probably play Taylor and Ralston, which is a bit of a surprise because I think Juranovic is probably more adventurous to Taylor and Taylor's more steady and just does the job. I know Ange likes him as well, so I think I'd probably go for Taylor and Ralston, which I'm a bit surprised about to tell you the truth, but I think that's just that's just my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think will happen in the fullback area? I think Ange does like Taylor there, um, but I, I think if it was going to come, to, because it's such a crucial game, Regardless, John, of how well Taylor's done since he's come back and it's only been a few games, I still think he would put Juranovic in at left back and Ralston at right back. It's they're our strongest options, aren't they? And I think you know, for these games, John, 
we can't think about dropping any points and it would just have to be a case of picking our strongest team possible. So I think it would be Juranovic left back, even though I do think Taylor's probably the better option because he hasn't put a foot wrong really. But it's what the man, who the manager trusts, John. And I think it will be JJ and Ralston for the games now. I just want to talk about some other points, John, away from on the pitch. Did you hear about what happened at walk on today? The anxiety I had for 90 whole minutes? No, I didn't. Tell us about that, Stevie. I sat next to my uncle at the games and he got a few texts saying, oh, I saw you on TV walk on and stuff like that. And when he was saying that, I mean, my heart sank to quote the wonderful actually Daniel Lennon because... <laughs> See, during the walk on, I was eating like a chicken curry pie and it was roasting hot. Um, and instead of letting it cool down, I thought I'd just persist and go ahead with trying to claim a victory over it. But it was spilling all down me. I, it was aesthetically disgusting. It just, I just looked like a complete mess. And I just thought, right, well, I'm right next to him. So the cameras are going to pick me up. And I don't get a very good signal at Celtic Park, as you know. No, you know that. So. I was, you know, I was thinking, oh no, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going viral, everybody's laughing at me, uh, more so, may I add, but no, it turns out that when I finally got a signal after the game and everything, nothing came through on my phone and the camera, man, must have actually had a look at me and, or the director of the Celtic TV must have had a look and went, get him right after the telly, don't even bother showing him, we want to get viewers, no put them off, so that's what happened, John, for 90 minutes, I was, uh, Nervous wreck, and it was nothing to do with what was happening on the pitch. Any comments? Uh, what would you give the pie out of five? Oh, the pie was a four out of five. It was a it was a class act all the way. I have to say. Now, since I've been back to games, I haven't actually bought a pie because I'm a vegetarian. But I noted that somebody alongside me was eating a macaroni and cheese pie. So next time I go to a game next year, I'll have to uh, get a macaroni and cheese pie and I'll give my verdict to all the listeners on Gigpod and tell them what it was like. Well, I'll, maybe this will be a new section, John. We can talk about the food at Celtic Park for like a few a month or something. I don't know. Since we're going to be talking about food when you get your free meal next week, or maybe you know if uh, a wonderful Scottish government have anything to do about it. But I had the macaroni pie on Thursday, and I do have to say, John, I'm turning the Ali McCoy's here when I say that. But honestly, it was a three out of five. I think the chicken curry one was far far better today. And the macaroni, the problem with the macaroni was the fact it was like it was piping hot inside it, but the pie outside was cold, um, and it was very imbalanced. A lot of performance today, John. <laughs> Zing, symbol crash. Uh, this is much more interesting than talking about Celtic on the pitch. Another brilliant bit of uh, trivia here. I have a new ritual at Celtic Park. Can you guess what it is? No, but could you tell me and the listeners what it is, please? Since I've been going back to Celtic Park and since I've been watching Celtic, since I bought this item, I haven't seen us lose at all and I'm now going to be wearing it all the time up until we do lose and then I'm going to have to find a new ritual. But it's the Celtic body warmer that I got. I think Ralston had it on against Dundee and it just stood out to me and I thought that looks actually good. And I don't know if he had it on with a hoodie or something at the time but it was just a great combo and I thought I'm going to buy that. So I did buy it and you know what? I've not seen us lose since I've been wearing the wonderful body warmer. So I just want a shout out to Adidas for uh, putting their heads together with Celtic and bringing out such a fantastic bit of clothing. Now, I've also got a similar type of thing because I wear a, I've not got any Celtic eh, items, a clothing, or anything or any Celtic strips in because I'm too old for it, in my opinion. But I've got a scarf that I always wear and I've worn it to every game this season except one that I've been to. And the game I didn't wear it to, the nothing each draw with Livingston. We got that last minute penalty and we missed it, of course. So if I'd worn that scarf that day, we'd have won that game. So 
I take responsibilities for no one in it because I didn't wear my lucky scarf, which thankfully I did today. See, being back to Celtic partly, I'm, I don't take it for granted anymore. I think before the pandemic, I maybe was. Um, and sometimes I was, you know, going through the motions at Celtic Park and everything and being back at the game. And I don't want to just sound like a cliche here, John Wright, but it's not just always about the football, is it? It's connecting with your friends and connecting with your family and those that mean a lot to you. And certainly when I'm at Celtic Park, around the people I'm with, I love it. And yeah, okay, I, I might go up and see my grand and granddad a lot, um, see my uncle and everything. And I have a great time with them, you know, up at the house and stuff. But being at Celtic Park, it's, you know, what I've been doing, you know, since like 1995 in the North Stand and that. And the thought of not getting to go again and having it taken away from me, it genuinely, I mean, it's, it stresses me out, but it does upset me. And what's it been like for you, John, going back to Celtic Park? Do you have like similar feelings to me in terms of when you go back, are you quite, you know, romanticised with it all again and not taking it for granted? Or do you, do you just see it as, oh, it's just a football? I'm John Reed. I don't get as deep as Stevie. <laughs> Maybe a bit of both. I mean, obviously, Celtic are a very important, a very important place in my heart, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Seeing as how I co-host a Celtic podcast and do other things about Celtic that I won't really talk about because I'm boring. <laughs> I've been a Celtic fan for forever and ever. So no, that was a drag. Nobody able to go to games. If like, the worst comes to the worst and the fans kind of go to the games again, I just it's going to be unwatchable. I mean, last season was unwatchable for a number of reasons, mostly the fact that we were rubbish. But the atmosphere is so much better. When you're, I know, like, you go to more games than me because you split a season ticket and I've not got a season ticket. So I just, like, go to games, like, when there's, like, odd tickets going about. But it's so much, like, better being there than watching it on TV. I suppose, like, it's okay watching it on TV if there's a crowd, if there's a crowd there. Like the Derby. Like, if there's a crowd at the Derby, because I doubt very much, unless a gig pod listener gets me a ticket, that uh, I'm going to be there. But I mean, if the fans are there, it'll be like 60,000 Celtic fans, because there's no Rangers fans. The atmosphere will be like massive. The the fans will be getting right behind the team. You go in and get a first win against Rangers for a while. But if there's no fans, it'll just be terrible to watch. I mean, okay, but still like celebrate like mad if we win. And do a glorious gig pod uh, episode after it where we we gloated, but no, you you're better off not taking football for granted, right enough. Especially after the last few years, and even in places like Germany, they are. I don't know if they're behind closed doors, or they are either behind closed doors or like the the attendances are restricted again. I really hope that doesn't happen in Scotland. I know we'll we'll know more this week, but I mean, I was thinking. If we start talking about, like, if there's going to be a lockdown or not, and I'll put you on the spot, I was thinking that if they, if there's not going to be a, a full capacity for this, the League Cup final next Sunday, I think they should re- just reschedule it until, like, we can have fans back again. Totally agree. Rangers, back in August, got to have their full capacity without any Celtic fans there, and by all accounts enjoyed it, and that's what, you know, football and derby games are all about, so if there is another lockdown, I would be hoping that the football in this country would be getting rescheduled because they thought of well, two reasons. One, they're COVID ball champs, so they would probably beat they probably beat <laughs> us. Um, but I think the second one is the fact that on a personal note, and it's the same for everyone listening in this show, and it's the same for all, all the fans as well that go to Celtic Park and that, you know, that, to be denied after waiting 
for that's been 2019 was the last game against Rangers, December 2019. That was the last one with Celtic fans there, aye. And I know people come out and say, oh, it's a virus, life's unfair, it just doesn't work like that. Well, I'm sorry, but no, I don't think there should be for a minute, there should be games being played behind closed doors here again. Certainly not for Celtic anyway, with the, with the derby coming up, John. It's just, you know, Rangers have had it, they've experienced the, the good part of it again with fans being back, and we have to as well. I would be hoping that if they are thinking about that again, and here's the thing that I'll come back to though in a minute, John, that I've, I've spoken to you about sort of off air. I don't think it's going to be just a three-week circuit breaker. If there's, like, I, I saw rumours on Twitter about a Boxing Day lockdown for three weeks at John, I don't think it's going to be three weeks. No, with this government, not at all. We've heard that no. the last two times in three weeks turns into, you know, three months by the time we've blinked. It, that's that's just what they do, and that's just what they do to level it out. So, nah, I would dearly hope that it's not played behind closed doors again. I just hope fans get a chance to experience a derby again. It's been far too long. Not just a derby, any game. I don't think there should be any football played behind closed doors again. It's just no, I makes... agree. It's not right. It's, it's it's not right at all. And as one watchable, it doesn't even feel like proper football. And I'm saying that the derby's the one that's in my mind. But I'm also thinking, even if it was you know the Hibs game and all that, um, and any other game after that in January as well. No, it, it would have to get rescheduled. I think. And you know what? We're an upcoming winter break, and no football fans going to be in stadiums and that. Maybe that's the perfect time for them to work something out. So if it comes to it, and we've got uh, who's our last game? That would be Johnston, wouldn't it? Rangers. No, I'm talking about, but if we're talking about like before Christmas and all that, what's is that? Would that be St Johnston? That is in the twenty third. That is not a cup final. Oh, no, St Marin. St Marin on the twenty third away. Uh, on the twenty second, that is, I think the twenty second or the twenty first. That's a Wednesday, isn't it? Aye, it's a midweek one because it's we're not playing them on Saturday, obviously, because of the cup final. It's been rescheduled to the midweek, so it's the twenty second or the twenty third. That's the last one before Christmas. Thing is, we're just speculating now. We don't know what's going to happen. We've got no inside info. I wish we did. Uh, you know, you don't, I don't join. We're not oracles, although some people probably see us that way. And I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't know. I think they'll try their best to play the games. I think the games will probably get played. I wouldn't play the cup final, though. I, I would, if it's a showpiece game, I'm, in, I'm counting the derby in this as well, but I think they'll probably end up just playing the derby. I mean, I hope we've got no fans and... That'd be a right pain, but I think they'll end up playing the derby. But I, if there's not going to be fans there, or if it's going to be a reduced attendance in the cup final, I, I definitely wouldn't play that because I don't think that's fair for MD. Do you know the government don't care about that? Look at what happened in May with St Johnston. Well, I know they don't like football, the government. It's no one of their, no their favourite things. I did actually plan a huge shoot on the government, but I'm not going to bother. I'm not going to bother with it. And it's not to do with turning anybody in the audience off who, if you if you vote SNP, or you, you love the government, fine. We've got our opinion on it, and I don't think that's ever going to change for me and John. But I just, can I be honest? I'm just fucking exhausted about it. I'm exhausted. No, but the worst aspect of it is, is that uh, the dinner's cancelled. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Never mind the Derby, never mind the Cup final. I want my free dinner. So keep that in mind, the Scottish government, when you're thinking about the lockdown. John needs his free dinner on Saturday. I would rather it did happen. <laughs> I really would. I'm, I'm serious about that. I would rather it did happen because the thought of pubs, restaurants and places that you like to go out of the house just to relax and chill and just feel normal getting taken away again by them it, it just upsets me man and as you know John I can work myself into a shoot at them but yes. the beat I guess to summarise please 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 don't take football away from us and see if they do then please reschedule the games don't have it behind closed doors again because last year sorry last season was just a horrible, 
horrible sort of long memory for us all. And even if you were winning things, you know, last season, it probably would have felt crap as well because you didn't get a chance to celebrate it. So I would dearly hope that it was not going to be that that way again this season and just reschedule the games. But you know what, that's us hoping that's the case. Isn't it? And it, it would be a good idea. But I guess the government in this country don't have a lot of good ideas when it comes to football, John, so... At least uh, if we win the final and there's no fans here, we can just go down to George Square after it. Of course, aye, that's allowed, isn't it? Aye, after we're, day, after we're just done about drinking, Bob gets sent aye, a text saying, would you think about leaving? But a wonderful government. <laughs> so there you go, that's something for us to look forward to. But uh, we better talk about the Ross County game now. We'll talk about the Ross County game. There are, I don't think they've lost a game since November the 7th when they lost at Ibrooks. Other than that, they've been unbeaten. Uh, they're no longer bottom anymore. It is the team of the year, St Johnston, or the team of last season even, that are bottom. Although they did lose 1-0 thanks to a mental decision from a referee where they allowed a guy that acted like he was playing basketball to score. Did you see that? I did. It was uh, terrible if it happened to a, a big team. One with fans, then I think there'd have been a lot more made it, but I don't really am the bothers about St. Johnson. I think they're playing Rangers, by the way, at the same time we are playing Ross County. So uh, that'll be interesting. Anyway, shoot prediction time, John. Ross County are unbeaten in a few, certainly since November the 7th, and they look, I'd say they're on the up, but the reality is they're still a pretty poor team. They're just no longer bottom of the league. Midweek in Dingwall, crap weather, bare rotten surface as well, tight pitch. One of the awkward games, isn't it, John? But I, other than last season, thank you, Neil. I don't think our record against Ross County up there has been that bad. I'm going to say we'll win, probably. Dunico will be a high-scoring game. We'll probably win 2-1 or bit fancies for another 1-0-1. So I'm going to say, I think we'll get three points, but it'll be really tight and it'll be a horrible game of football again. But that's what I'm going to go with. Three points and... 2-1. I feel very much the same. I mean, just to say to the listeners, it is new on television, of course. Thank you, Sky. It's one of the many away games we've not had this season on TV. So you only watch it on, uh, I think, Ross County TV. I'll probably be selling it. Because they did that uh, last year when we beat them 5-0 when it was new on TV, when uh, Shane Duffy made his debut and scored. But no, I'm broadly the same as you. I think we'll do enough just to win. It will not be pretty because... We've not got a striker, and I don't think anyone will be back by then. But I actually think we might win 2 0, and I think we might actually even score for a set piece. For the f- We don't do that that often. We did against, actually, uh, against Betis, but no, if we get our set pieces right, I think we could score for a set piece, maybe Starfield or uh, CCV, and I think we'll win 2 0. I guess now we'll just wrap up and say bye to the audience. So cheers for listening, everyone. Um, I'll put you back on to join to do his sign off. We'll be back for episode 83, probably midweek after Ross County. I'll be on with Hamish at 67 Hail Hail as well. So, John, take it away, please. Yep, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, you know what to find us by now on all the usual podcast platforms. Uh, you can leave us reviews and ratings and tell us how great we are and all the usual stuff. So, thanks everybody for listening. As Stevie says, we'll be back after the Ross County game. We'll be talking about that and I'll be the big cup final preview as well if the games are on and let's hope they are and the fans are in attendance so we'll speak to you then thanks everybody for listening and hail hail
Social Podcast Network.